Simon. How's it going? It's not too bad, Dave, actually. Yeah, you know, um, I've been keeping busy, keeping out of trouble and uh, not much going on. What did happen this week is my son started grammar school. So that's been a bit interesting, oh, okay. um, you know, going up to year seven. Uh, which is nice and seeing his little bit of independence starting to come now he's walking himself to and from school I had to kick him out of the house this morning he, he, he was still sat in his bedroom at <laughs> half eight I was like what are you doing you know get yourself out uh, and he said dad give me a lift to school I said it's two minutes around the corner you lazy son go on get have a walk uh, yeah so, that's um, a real bugbear of mine that is because like the roads around where I am uh, they were so nice and empty and then the schools went back and it's like pandemonium You've got um, one right at the end of your road, don't you? Yeah, so yeah. it's like, can can your kids not walk to school? <laughs> I well, need to it, go to the shops. <laughs> he definitely walked to school today, and he was lucky I didn't kick him up the backside, to be fair. But hopefully uh, he got told off by his teachers if he was late. I imagine he sprinted uh, yeah. around the corner. So the last minute, yeah, it, It's yeah. good. It's good to see, and the school seems decent. They're keeping us up to date on all the things so we can keep him on track. Um, and he, he seems to be making some nice new friends. So that that's been a real positive over the last week. And uh, yeah, but not much else, mate. You know, uh, just watching a bit of sport. Uh, yeah. It's nice. It's always nice to beat the Scottish, isn't it? You know. And uh, <laughs> we played really well. And uh, Jude Bellingham just seems to get even better. Um, I was. Impressed. He looks good, doesn't he? He looks the real deal. I think. Like I've got a friend that the Bristol Dortmund fan, and he's like saying this is the best player they've ever seen. And he, yeah, I think he could be, uh, do you think Ballon d'Or winner? Am I getting a bit too excited there? Yeah, but, you know, potentially. Look, he's hit the ground yeah. running at Madrid, isn't he? How many goals yeah. has he got? You know, so he, he's, 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 his scoring record is at eight in nine or something uh, yeah. at the moment for um, country and club. So he's obviously got a bag of talent, loads of confidence, uh, and he doesn't seem phased just yet by anything no. that's been thrown at his way. So long may that continue. Yeah, um, exactly. But we've got a, an absolute brilliant guest on today. Um, it's a pleasure of mine to introduce a colleague, um, Keith Bonus. Um, we've delivered courses together through the FA. And uh, I wanted to get Keith on because he has got a wealth of knowledge, not just in football coaching, coach education, but, you know, in a very broad spectrum. And uh, he's produced really fantastic resources out there as well. And um, the, the, the big thing for me that I've always admired about Keith is he is one of the, the only people I know who genuinely goes above and beyond all the time, you know. Uh, so the feedback you get from coaches he supports is Keith will always be there in your corner. So I wanted him to get on because I know he, he will really share some cracking stories. And uh, he's got such a rich career at all different levels of the game that for any aspiring coaches, they're, they're, they're going to learn quite a lot. Um, potentially, and I hope he he doesn't mind that bit of praise. I hope he just sees it for what it is. You know, it, it, I do appreciate what he does, and, and recognise that. Um, but I know sometimes hearing it is not always comfortable. So, Keith, um, thank you very much for coming on today. Uh, we really do appreciate you giving up your time to uh, you know share your journey and stories with us. That intro, all right, or you know, too much? I'm very <laughs> humbled by it, Simon. I'll, I'll post the envelope. In, in about an hour's time with the cash in it <laughs> some pink ones i hope it's some pink ones yeah. <laughs> but yeah like i say for me it is a pleasure um i didn't know you before we started coach education in kent um but getting to work alongside you you start to get insights in people and then the stories in and around the support that people give 
you know, when when coaches are telling you the support that they've got from their coach educator, that's when you know, uh, you know, someone's doing great work because uh, it, it does get fed back and people do get made aware. And, you know, that's why I generally say you do go above and beyond. You know, I've never known someone who do the, the hours that you do um, out supporting people. So, um, you know, you're not someone who just says it. You, you definitely live and breathe it. Um, you would what I would classify as a football person. You know, when they, when they say in the media, a football person, um, I think it runs through your veins. Um, that, that's what's always come across to me. Yeah, I, I appreciate that. I think I hit a wall about a couple of weeks ago for the first time. I did post something on, on Twitter where I was feeling probably the lowest I've felt for a long, long while um, because I have done that all my life and, um, when you, you go back to the movie uh, Pay It Forward, and mm. um, I haven't had too many people pay it forward or pay it back, um, mm. and I've never expected it. But um, yeah, when when you're looking for some support yourself, and then you go to those people for support, and the doors are shut, then you you start to question your own um, values and beliefs. But that didn't last long. I got so many messages and replies to that that I soon now hang on. There's still all yeah. this lot. And if you like, it's about influences. And, and my biggest influencer was, without doubt, my mum. She was a Yorkshire lass. And she was a nurse in the army and had carried on being a nurse when she came out. She was in the St. John's Ambulance. And she was somebody who wanted to help people and, and be there herself. And I'd like to think I probably got all of her traits. Um, mm. And she, and I've told this story before, but I've got a book upstairs where she wrote um if one in ten of the people that you help appreciates it it's worth doing and i've said it again before mathematically over the many years it's probably about the right ratio mm. um but so it's been worth it um, yeah and yeah you know, certainly some of the friends uh, that have been con close enough to be almost like family that i've made over the years in playing and coaching but more so from coach education um it's phenomenal so yeah mm. started way back and other influences since were the likes of uh, Nicky Milo, God rest him, who passed away a few years ago. But he, he actually taught me on my prelim badge, then then became one of my closest friends um, mm -hmm. and worked again, worked with me on the old um, coaching certificate and the old prelims. Uh, and Les Reed, ironically, was my tutor back mm -hmm. on, on on that. And and then uh, later on in life, Sir Bobby Robson, who I, I met through the Surrey coaches and just sitting and talking to him was amazing. And, and his humility and, and the way he, he was as a person. So those are key influences for me. And, um, you know, some people say I should change. My wife tells me I should change at times. Um, but it's impossible for me to change. And, I, and like I said, I've got, I've got more positives than the negatives, if I really mm. look at it. Yeah. And, and that's the thing for me is I think it's ingrained in you. To, to 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 change because you know the others don't appreciate it sometimes or don't recognize it or they're so focused on themselves they don't really take advantage of the, the great things that you've done i think that's their loss um so uh, what we encourage is for for people just to share that bio so you, you've touched on some of yeah. your influences so far and that's something we'd like to delve into as we go but if you wouldn't mind, I know you've got quite a big history um, and quite a varied experience, but if you wouldn't mind taking us through, you know, your bio and, and that really brings it to life for anyone who may not have come across your work just yet. Do you want to go right back to the beginning? Um, 
Yeah, start where you want. Then I've done it, but I suppose at, at school, I, I grew up in Stevenage, um, and I was at a school called Barnwell, old Parnell uh, School. And we had a team there that was quite successful in local league, um, local school leagues. And the team at the end of the school year didn't want to separate, so we stayed on under the name of Barnwell Old Boys. And I think I was the oldest by a couple of months, so it's like, okay, you're the manager. So that's how my coaching career started. Yeah. Um, but ironically, at school, I'd always been uh, an all-sports player um, and where it was a team game, played individual as well, like tennis and, uh, and other individual sports. But as a team game, I was always made a captain. Mm-hmm. Um, and the teachers always wanted me to go into teaching. They said I was a natural leader. Um, so that kind of stuck with me. Um, so I kind of in Stevenage, I, I grew up playing amateur football. But again, I was always a, a captain or a, a manager. The word coach or head coach didn't exist back then. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I moved to London. This is fast forwarding very quickly. I moved to London in 1986 actually gave up playing i was playing semi-pro and i, I gave up and uh, moved to london with um with my then second wife and, and got a pub yeah near the old kent road in, in southeast london Lively. and i thought that's it football's over this is going to be my life now again ironically my mum uh, her family in the north of england had always had pubs and she always wanted a pub but my dad was uh, always against it um, unfortunately, by then they both passed away, but it always again stuck in my head. This was something my mum wanted to do, so I thought I'll give it a go. And my wife at that time was also uh, into catering and, and, and stuff like that. So we'd identified a pub through her dad, who worked in the city, um, and he knew the pub and he'd seen it was up. And we took it, and we were there in that one for six years. But whilst there, I got the chance to do the prelim badge with Millwall Football Club on their community program with Jim Hicks and, and a couple of other guys who were working for them then, and it was only £12. And it was the old six-day course, and it was at Southwark Park on one of the old carpet astroturfs. And it was intensive, and, and I remember, but I just loved every minute of it. And, and at the end of that past, obviously, you used to have to do different things. You used to do a written exam and a referee's exam, you know. Um, but then Les Reed actually came up to me and said, you're a natural. He said, you should look to go on further. Well, at that point then, there was no B licence, there was nothing in between. It was the A licence, the advanced licence. So I applied and I got on it um, the following year, which, you know, in this day and age, that would be impossible to do. Yeah. Um, but I got on it and obviously Les had been part of that and I got on it and I was on the pro course with uh, Tony Curry, Jerry Armstrong, Alan Irwin, Alan Kennedy, so on and so on and so on. And I, I arrived at Lillishaw in my battered old transit van and they all <laughs> coming in there. And, uh, and, and if, to say my bum was squeaking is an understatement. Um, but yeah, I was there for two weeks. Ironically, I, I shared a room with um, a lad called Colin Cardine. So he's a scout now at Palace. Uh, next door to me was John Sitton mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, and uh, Ozzy Abanji. Um, so yeah, that was an experience. It was nerve-wracking, but just amazing to be around those people. And I didn't pass it on that attempt because you mm-hmm. knew whether you passed or failed at the end of the two weeks then. Yeah. And you knew by your scores. Um, but I went back two years later and I, and I managed to pass that, what was then the advanced license. Then I converted um, in 97 to UA for 8 mm-hmm. On the second uh, attempt on the I had met, 
Darren Hare, who's a, a mutual friend of ours. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and Darren was then Kent County coach, mm -hmm. and he needed someone to help deliver the prelims down in Kent at that point. And that's how I started on the coach education side of it in 1994 wow. and went on to be Surrey County coach after 97 and did that for over 20 years um, until they changed all the structures. But that's when my coach education kind of situation started um, from a managing coaching career. During that time, I'd managed leading amateur level, Kent County level, Spartan League. I'd actually, whilst in a pub, I'd started my own team and progressed that into the Spartan League. I bought a ground down at Blackheath, um, tried to develop it, and I ended up losing nearly £40,000 in a year. And, and it affected my businesses and um, my marriage at that time. Uh, and unfortunately, I had to make myself bankrupt at that point. Mm -hmm. um, but fate is a very, very weird thing. That, that meant that after a period of time um, being out of work completely, signing on, um, I was still coaching part-time, doing bits and pieces. And I got the opportunity to um, take the two in the mission job and also similar time to go out to the States for the first time. Mm -hmm. So things started to click. It's Pat Hilton that helped me get out to the States again. I remember Pat. Um, yeah, and the two in job, the chairman took a real gamble on me because although I was a coach educator, I'd never managed mm -hmm. at that level. And he took a real gamble because they were um, third from bottom of the, the Ryman two at that time. And I went in there and Again, it would take ages to go through the whole process, but obviously I got them up to and got them promoted. Um, during that space of time, I delivered a prelim award, as it still was then, um, in Kent, and a girl called Deb Brown was on that course. She was the girls' development officer at Charlton Athletic, and she hooked me into their girls' centre of excellence, which then led on to my career with Charlton Athletic women as well. And mm -hmm. I was doing both, shooting a Mitchum and Charlton Athletic at the same time, I'd then gone on to meet my current wife and partner, Pauline Cope, who's obviously an England goalkeeper. Um, so she understood me. Um, <laughs> um, was very supportive and vice versa. Um, but yeah, um, I did both for a couple of years. Then um, Charlton wanted me to go in a more full-time position, so I had to give up the tooting role the year that we got promoted, which was sad, but I, I, I yeah. didn't have a lot of choice at the time financially. And then, yeah, Charlton for eight years, going on doing the coach education work. Um, then when Charlton men got relegated from the Premier League, they um, disbanded the women's programme. Um, it eventually regrouped, but I'd already moved on, so had the players by then. Um, from that stage, I, I'd gone to the David Beckham Academy, working with Ted Dale and others as assistant yeah. director for three years. And I was doing the English colleges representative side, national representative side, um, with a, a coach player called Gillian Coulthard, who was in the mm -hmm. past one of the most capped England players. Um, and she was offered the role in Estonia. Um, so both CVs went out. She asked me if I'd go and support her out there on, on a part-time basis. She'd be full-time, but I would go out and support on camps and mm -hmm. tournaments. So I said, okay. But she then turned it down, and I got a random email just asking they'd seen my CV, would I consider it? So I flew over, met, and... Again, there's a lot of in-betweens on it, but I obviously mm. accepted it and it, it went on to be almost a seven to eight-year role. Right. Um, mm. My wife stayed here, but it was not too bad to commute backwards and forwards and Skype, mm -hmm. which was invented in Estonia, was a lifesaver. Um, so 
we'd meet four days every month, either here or there. And it was always quality time. Mm-hmm. We actually weren't married when I went, but we got married a year after I went. That's kind of the trigger saying, so actually, we need to get married, um, even though it was my third one. Um, so, <laughs> um, it's proven to be the right one. Um, yeah, it's unlucky. But, uh, yeah, so eight years out there, did loads of stuff out there. The doors and opportunities that opened it actually overfilled my CV. Hmm. So um, recently when I did the LMA diploma, they told me to take a lot of it out. It was overloaded. But in that role as a technical director and a national team coach, you get to go to all of the conferences, FIFA, UEFA, uh, untold development, um, three, four-day events in almost every country in Europe, the top countries, the, the lesser countries. I did three World University Games, one in China, one in Russia, one in Serbia. Yeah, the experiences and the people I met through that process is something I couldn't have bought. Mm. So got no regrets. My thinking behind taking the role was, uh, as you know, I'd I'd applied for England roles. Mm -hmm. And the JDs always said, must have international experience, must have a pro license. So I went out and got international experience, got my pro license and still never got the job. Yeah. um, That's that's a a different discussion. But um, Mm -hmm. Yeah, came back from Estonia in nine, uh, 2016. Um, I thought my wife's brother was was terminally ill and she needed me to come home. I probably could have done another two years out there. Mm-hmm. Um, but came back and then I worked for Watford for a little while. Uh, they renaded on a discussion uh, and some promises and I walked out of the contract based on my own values, if you like. And I, it was a sad time for me because we'd started off really well in that. Um, yeah, then I've done different things since. Uh, partial Athletic in the, the Ethiopian Premier. I uh, got that help to get them promoted into the Premier. I was there for five years, and academy director there with the uh, with the head of academy, um, mentoring coaches for all of that time. Involved mm-hmm. with the mentoring scheme with the FA, with the the BAME and female mentoring scheme between the B and the A. Um, yes, yeah, it's just been ongoing, continuous, and. Most recently, I left that role in Car Shorten um, uh, and then carrying on with all the coach education work. I'd also been over to Northern Ireland doing CPD events for them mm-hmm. on their B license, A license, and pro license. Um, yeah, almost reliant on, on different things, never, never kind of in one area, um, but always working, always coaching, and as you know, 24 7 on the computer. Mm. answering people's requests and yeah. um, needing advice, needing me to check over session plans, trying to keep them motivated to carry on doing their, their badges when they hadn't passed or when they, they felt they weren't getting the right deal. Um, yeah, obviously written a couple of books um, and, and done a lot of this kind of stuff, webinars and podcasts with different people. And mm-hmm. um, yeah, being a guest speaker here and there. Um, so yeah, it, it, it's it's a seven day a week, twenty four hour job. As even with Millwall analysis recently, hasn't started as well as I'd have wanted. But it's you know it's level five. It's quite a tough level to be at. And lost the last two games, and I'm pinging awake at three o'clock in the morning with the game going through my head, asking yeah. myself questions, constantly reflecting. Did I pick the right side? Did I make this decision right? What can I do? What can I do to help them? Um, and that's where I'm at right now. So. It's kind of quiet for me right now, which is why I'm able mm-hmm. to do this with no problem, because um, the courses haven't kicked back in again, as you know yourself being a tutor. 
Mm-hmm. Um, and the meal thing is, is is really the only thing I'm doing at the moment. I did the mentoring, some mentoring this week. I was at St. George's Tuesday, ironically, observing on the uh, block six with a couple of mentees. But, yeah, it's been quiet the last couple of months. I was obviously in Australia for a lot of August. I went out there for the Women's World Cup with Pauline. That was fantastic. Uh, and, you know, I got to see all the four games, the Nigeria game, the Colombia game, the Australia game, then sadly the Spanish yeah uh, and, and yeah that's proven to be even more um mm. discussion point than it should have been but uh yeah yeah i think that's a bit, isn't it? there's lots yeah, of football seems to be uh, forgotten really doesn't it yeah yeah I, yeah there's, there's loads of other other bits in there but it would take a, a month so at least yeah. that's a brilliant introduction though <laughs> you know what i mean that's uh we've obviously spoken to a range of different people but it yeah, I know from the feedback we get from our listeners and stuff like that, their ears would have been pricking up on all those bits you went through. So, no, thank you for giving that. Like, what we have done with a few of our other speakers is we've booked in a part two, if that makes sense. And I have a feeling already now <laughs> that a part two might be required because uh, I'm sure we'll get questions coming in from listeners saying, why didn't you ask him about this? <laughs> it could be a reality show. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I've written a book. I have, I've, I started to write a book probably while I was in Estonia and I got to chapter 25. Um, and it's kind of frozen. It's frozen yeah. in 2007 when, when Charlton got relegated at the moment. Um, and I've not been able to get back into it whatsoever because I just haven't had time. But I was told by a friend in, uh, in media at that point that don't publish it until you definitely retire because you're going to upset a lot of people (laughs) 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 but there's a lot of comical moments and humor in it you know Mm. a lot my time at charlton um with with the players there um and the characters there which you know i quite confidently say i'm not in the women's game now there's a few but nowhere near as many characters like my wife and and some of her teammates and the england players around that time they were, they were real characters mm. and some of the, the things that they got up to back then that they just wouldn't get away with now um but there's some real stories there but yeah is that indicative of modern society though because you would have grown yeah. up with a lot of footballers um through the 80s you know and if we think of alan walker who used to do the coach head as well and truss They've got some good stories, you know, so they've got some really good because I think the people back then were the characters. You used to like listening to their stories, what they did. And it still happens on Under the Cosh and, uh, you know, that podcast. But it seems so much more sanitized now in relation to because of the media coverage and the the, the, uh, the scrutiny mm. that people are under. Is that something you've seen change over your career? And definitely, how does it affect you? Ironically, it's under the cost that have done that Mark White interview. Um, so it is quite comical, but it's almost um, a Johnny Sitton reincarnation. Um, but uh, yeah, of course. I mean, the conversations that went on in, in dressing rooms back then, um, and, but the antics that, you know, that's frowned upon now, the banter, if you like, and some of the tricks that, I mean, I was, at, um, I was getting treatment at Wimbledon in the old days when, um the ex villa player was a manager the striker peter with yeah and they burnt he, he turned up in a suit and they nicked his suit and burnt it <laughs> in the middle of the dressing room <laughs> so, was that uh, vinnie jones and, and yeah, that of course, sort of yeah, of yeah 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 absolutely and 
you know, <laughs> but even my, you know, even the Charlton players, I, I had Kenny Bremner as, as my assistant one year. Yeah. They yeah. stole all of his, his clothes out of his room and hung them around the restaurant in the hotel, cutting holes <laughs> in his underpants and all sorts and hanging them on picture frames. And he came down for breakfast and his clothes were hanging all around the room. Um, th that would be just totally frowned upon now. Uh, mm. it, certain places still get away with stuff like that, and I'm sure it does, but certainly then. But now you, you're obviously you're under the spotlight all the time now. Yeah. You know, wherever you are, you, someone's got a mobile phone, click, you're on that. And mm. whatever you do or say, there's a high, high chance you're going to be filmed and recorded, mm, yeah. whatever you do. So, yeah instagram snapchat all of those they're all they're all great if you use in the right way but they are literally they're a spy you know everything's a spy camera so you've got to be so so careful but yeah it the characters in the game you could hear it in the game even when you were playing you know there were things said and but almost now like like rugby as much as there were hard men back there even the hard mm. men back then would would still go and have a beer together after the game Mm, yeah. I don't think now if, if that happens in games, they're not shaking hands after the game. They're carrying it on. It's, it's, um, yeah, it's just, but yeah, it's, it's, it's people. Um, but again, I think it's all linked to who you are and your upbringing and, and, and going back to your influences. Mm. Why are you like you are? Who's, who's helped mold you? It's not just you. It's the people that have guided you, led you, your role models. Um, and you know, and like I said before, when people say you should change, well, you should only change if you're you're really kind of bang out of order or wrong, and be prepared to admit that. Um, but if you think what you do is is right, then then stick to it. Mm -hmm. Speaking of role models, you at the beginning mentioned about um, Sir Bobby Robson. Do you want to explain a bit more about, I suppose, how your paths crossed? Well, he was president um, and one of the founders of the Surrey Football Coaches Association, um, which I became a member of as soon as I went into the Surrey County role and obviously met the committee members that were there then. And there's some some other big names that were in that process. Um, the likes of Dave Bassett and Alan Smith, and they were all part of that that process, even, even other names. Um, but I obviously met him through that originally and didn't really meet and chat, but saw him work and, yeah. and listened to him um, and started to take notice of what he was doing in his own career and uh, met his family, his wife, his sons on, on many occasions. Um, but then when he, he sadly passed away, they gave me the honour of, of taking the president's role off of him. And, and I won't lie, when, when they did it, I, I sat and, and cried. Mm. Um, how can I follow somebody like that? You know, yes, it's a, it's a, a voluntary association. You might say it's not a biggie, but just for them to think that I was worthy of taking his place was, you know, I was almost scared to say yes at one point, um, but it, that would have been insulting uh, mm -hmm. and to him and to them. So the last time I actually saw him, um, I was going to a meeting with Hope Power in Soho Square. I wanted to talk about one of the Charlton girls that wasn't getting into the England squad. And I got off the train at um, Charing Cross and walked out to get a cab. And it was quite a long queue. And this big guy was standing next to me in a long black kind of crombie uh, type coat. like the old. Mm. And I looked and it was him. 
Right. And I said, Bobby, I think it's about low Keith. What are you doing? Yeah, I've got to go up to uh, see Mr. Fayed about some money mm. he was owed by Al Fayed, I think. Um, again, sad he's passed away recently, hasn't he? But I went, oh, he said, I said, what are you waiting in a queue for? He said, what do you mean? I said, come with me. And we walked down the road to, to Trafalgar Square and I just, cabs were going around and I just went, I went, oi, look. <laughs> and yeah, as soon as yeah, I did yeah. that, one of them screeched to a halt. Door opened. Oh, no, Bobby, no, no, the cab driver. Didn't even know a clue what I was. Probably thought I was his bodyguard. Or <laughs> but, um, sitting in the cab with him, he, he was asking about my wife, asking about the association, asking about football, like, like literally like we were family. It was just the question mm. was so so caring and warm everything he mm. asked you could sense he, he he cared about what he was asking you he wasn't just being polite he mm. was such a caring uh and humble humble human being and he just coached naturally yeah it, it came naturally to him a bit like dick bait you know, it was just a natural thing for them and i thought wow if i came anything close to you i'd i'd you know i'd be over the moon so uh, what did you you take from him you know because you mentioned influences and uh what what type of influence did he have on the way you did things going beyond your introduction with him so i think it is it's 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 caring it's caring Mm. about people whether it be my players or my my coaching staff or the coaches i work with it's caring it's realizing that they're human beings they're they're not you know, a machine, they're not part of something you, you own mm-hmm. or something that you lord over. They're they're equal with you. And um, you know, like I said, you might need their help one day. Um so I think he knew how not to make enemies. Right. So I'd say that's you know, I try I try not to make enemies. You're always gonna upset somebody, uh, mm. certainly in managerial roles where you've got to make decisions. But again, even that's a weird twist because I think after you know you might upset them at that point a year, two years later, they actually understood why you did it, and 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 that it does, it's not something that lasts. So I think how you deal with people, he was such a great people person, uh, and recognised individual needs and individual traits, and and that's one of the things I always quote on our courses. You know, you've got to get to know your players, mm. what makes them tick. And it's knowing what's going on outside as well. You know, without being intrusive, it's kind of trying to get to know what's going on outside and what makes them tick outside of the game, outside of football. Ask about their family, ask about things without being nosy and intrusive. But that's kind of a slow process. You've got to gauge what you can ask and what you shouldn't ask. But I think the quicker you can do that with anybody you're working with, the more likely you are to to get there at that mutual respect that you both want. Uh, mm-hmm. And then you then you become supportive of each other, and it's quite weird, you know, how many, even going through the, some of the tougher times I've had, is some of the people that I have supported just by writing to me have been supportive. Yeah. Without you know, suddenly coming, oh, here's, here's a million quid, Keith. Now be happy. Just by saying something or writing something, um, it's then reminded me of why I do what I do and why I feel the way I am. Um, produces similar people mm-hmm. of a similar mindset and, and I, I, I said it recently on a, a different um, interview I did that's my success not the trophies that's my success because mm-hmm. trophies gather dust they're not you can't take them with you 
But if you've affected people, that's a legacy that will last after you've gone. So years. Yeah. Because my mother's legacy certainly lasted within me. So I suppose the, another question I had from obviously going through your history, um, and this is deviating a bit from the football side of things. What was it like running a pub on the old Kent Road in, when you were doing <laughs> that? Like, uh, I, I think you must have had your wits about you, is all I would say, really, on that front. Uh, it was just off the old Kent Road near the East Street Market. Um, right. in the, middle of the Aylesbury Estate, which is quite one of the notorious estates. So, yeah. <laughs> drugs gangs um but it was a one bar pub it's actually still there it's called the huntsman and hounds it survived um it's still got the same frontage on it and the same sign as when i left in 1992 um <laughs> but the first couple of weeks were daunting but it became the busiest pub in the area um, i had in a one bar pub which wasn't much bigger than than a, a corridor I had, in the end, I had four football teams playing out of there. I had three darts teams, a pool team. Uh, I had basketballs. I had um, bar billiards um, and drinkers. Mm. Which is the most important thing. And, yeah, and in in the original time when I took it, it was the old days before 24-hour opening, before the Witherspoons and all those are kicked in. So you did your lock-ins, and your lock-ins were your your most Mm. valuable times. And it was a community pub. It was almost like a safe house in the middle of a, a tough area. So mm. the families came in, but some of those families, the uh, the matriarchs or patriarchs of those families, sorry, the patriarchs were known faces mm. in South London. So yeah. people wouldn't come in and mess around. In fact, my, my ex-father-in-law I, I saw the other night actually went out for a meal with, with me and Kobe. So I've still kept in touch with, with that family. Um, he he used to um, be quite familiar with um, a family called the Richardsons. Mm. Um, so even the first night I was in there, a guy came in and sat at the bar and started telling me how big my windows were and how, how easily they would break. And then my father-in-law walked out from behind the bar and the guy went, oh, Bill, it's you. He went, yeah, <laughs> what do you want? Oh, it's all right, son. You're going to be all right around here. <laughs> so yeah. that's a true story. Um, mm. So there was protection going on. Yeah, it... it but loved every minute of it. And when I, I built all those teams within there and, and that's, that was the time I actually bought the ground. Cause when I left that pub in 92, I went up to another one uh, near Crystal Palace called the Kent House Tavern. The teams were devastated. So I bought the ground in Blackheath because the teams wanted to stay together. So I tried to get everything moved up there. Um, but that's kind of what cost me because it was just too much, but naive at the time. Um, so combining the football and and running the pub, I couldn't couldn't cope with both. So when I made myself bankrupt, it was so my, my wife and family could carry on, and I took all the debts on and had everything lumped on me mm. um, before I passed anything over. That's I'm not saying legally or illegally otherwise, but um, yeah, it, it, both pubs were were great. I was good at it because mm-hmm. I was um, I used to do my own DJing as well, um, but I was good at again bringing people together and it's a very similar thing it's how you talk to people you talk to somebody across the bar same as you might talk to a player or a fellow coach it is having conversations about life mm. uh, you know and and but again as a publican you know probably learned about five million jokes 
Um, <laughs> some some good, some bad. But you you actually hear people's life stories, sad yeah. and happy, and and again you see people come into your your life and and then they lose family members, they lose friends, and that seat in the pub is suddenly empty. Um, so you go through a hell of a lot of emotions, even in that job. But it's not that different hmm. than 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 what I've done in football in in that sense. It's building those relationships with people is the key. Oh, it's the key to a lot of things, isn't it? Really, um, and as you say, it's transferable from one world to the other. Which I'd, at the time, I imagine you weren't necessarily thinking that, but looking back, you can see that, can't you? Yeah, I mean, it, it, like I said, it did kind of overlap. I mean, I thought I'd be quitting football, so in that first pub. A bunch of lads said, oh, we go for a kickabout over Burgess Park every every Sunday. Hmm. So I went, okay, I'll come over and have a kickabout. I could still play then. And I, I did start hmm. playing again while, whilst I was there for an amateur side. Um, but, yeah, started going over that kickabout. And then, oh, can we, can't, can't, we, can't we get a team? So that's how that started. First games were up at Blackheath Common, carrying the goalposts, sticking the goalposts up in, in howling <laughs> winds. Um and I'm thinking, really, what am I doing here? But yeah. um, loved it. And it just progressed. And like I said, that's when I did my first bag with Millwall while I was there. And, you know, qualified coach running a pub. How does that mix? And and then went on to do the A licence while I was still in the pub. Mm. So it's like, how do those two things come together? But it, it, again, it, it just kind of, it, it seemed natural. But yeah, the people skills there, you know, I haven't gone from being a, a pro, young pro, into the pro game and then into the, the the PFA version of the licenses where it's only ever been football that I've known. You know, in, in previous roles before I went to London while I was playing in Stevenage, I'd, I'd been a postman. I'd been mm. a nightclub security. I'd been a milkman. I'd been the board marker in the old bookies. I'd driven a lorry. Mm. Um, I've been an apprentice at, at British Aerospace working a lathe. So it, it's, my life's journey is is a massive roller coaster mm. of differenti uh, differentiated things. So, yeah, I, I, I'm probably well above my years. When I was 50, I'd probably done as much as somebody who's 100 uh, <laughs> in, in different things. And now I'm 64, it probably means I'm 128 in <laughs> different people's years. I think um, that knee of yours is, isn't it? Is that, that's oh, 128 knees, years. Yeah, yeah. Well, <laughs> I, I, you know that story. I, I, when I was running the, the ground at Blackheath, I had so many teams there, and I was based there all day. And you know, people say, oh, "We ain't got enough players, Keith. Do you want another game?" I was playing four games of a weekend: Saturday yeah. morning, Saturday <laughs> afternoon, Sunday morning, Sunday afternoon, and thinking, "Yeah, I'm okay." But obviously now, yeah, the knees are saying, "No, you're not okay, fella." Um, but what's down coming? A What's coming across to me there, Keith, which is a story I've heard a lot of from people of a similar era to yourself. And I, I had a little bit of it because I had to combine jobs, do coach education, did lots of jobs that fitted around, you know, the times because it's unsociable hours. Isn't it? So you, I used to work night shifts and do all sorts of cleaning and all that sort of stuff to get to that place you want to get to of that mm -hmm. full time role or, you know, being in football more often. That seems to have changed nowadays. You don't seem to hear as, as many people making those sacrifices. Um, no. You think there, there's a little bit of lost, um, I would say, transferable skills, but grit, determination, sticking with it. Because 
it does take a lot. You're doing that running a pub late nights, doing yeah. all the, and it's a lively pub. You know, yes, once yeah. you get the characters on board, you know, yeah. they're going to be easier to manage, but there'll still be times, won't there, where, yeah. you know, you've got to have your wits about you and make sure that everything's all right. So all those different attributes that come together, I think it gives you such a richness, like you said, about how to learn about people, how to develop uh, a range of different skills. Is that being lost a little bit in modern coaches? Are they circumnavigating some of that challenge, do you think? Or well, you, talk, you talk about one of the key skills being able to, to, um, to designate. Mm. So even even in those roles, obviously, I, if I had to go out to football, I had to know that I could trust not just my wife at the time, but any staff that I put in place, as yeah. you would now. Mm. So even now with Millwall, if I have to go and do one of our ISVs or something, I have to rely on my staff to cover mm -hmm. that session. I yeah. can't, like when I was in Australia, they had to cover three games. I have to rely on my staff to do that, similarly in business. But, yeah, there was one point where I was... I was probably sleeping two hours a day. So I was involved in football. I was uh, head of security at a nightclub and I was a milkman. So <laughs> I'd finish the nightclub, go home, have two hours kip, go out and do the milk round. Yeah. You might say I was being greedy, but none of them were highly paid. Mm. Um, so it was knitting them all together and I wasn't being paid for the football side of it and I was still managing to play football. Um, but... Yeah, I mean, Pauline kind of, my wife says the same things about the sacrifices you make if you love the game. Mm. So let's say that the the end line, the end uh, game is playing the game. You don't want to give up football or playing the game. So all the other things you do, you, you mould them to fit you still being able to do that. Mm. So when I was doing the dual role with Charlton and Tooting, I'd be at Tooting. Two, hang on, I've got to let these guys in, Simon. Can you pause yeah, it? No problem. Yeah, no, it's, we'll pause Thanks. it. Yes, thank you. I won't actually pause it because actually it's easier to pick this up if I just. Yes, uh, mate. Yeah, no problem. <laughs> Sorry, I've got my throats okay, all over the shop. I think I'm feeling well. I'm better now. Last week I was horrendous. I think I had COVID. That's all those kids for you, thing. Yeah, yeah. Okay, guys. Sorry. <laughs> no Sorry. problem. Let me just clap so I pick it up. There you go. <laughs> Where was I? Yes, you, right? yeah, yeah. So you just um, managing yeah. the the, the nightclub oh, in the mission role. Obviously, was Saturdays and training twice a week. Um, at that point, the Charlton role was twice a week, so I could only attend one of those in between the Tuesday and Thursday at two. And I did the Wednesday session, and my other staff took the other session. And then game day for Charlton was obviously Sundays. But two, you know, that at that stage, some of the teams we played were like Sunderland and Doncaster, mm. and uh, miles away journeys and I had to finish at Tooting and then sometimes I drove or jumped on a train to get up to Doncaster or Sunderland to meet the team that had already gone up um, mostly the train because then I came back on the bus with them Yeah. Um, but yeah so I was getting zero sleep and mm. um, yeah I was with, with Pauline at the time but again we, we, we were together but um, obviously she shared a room with a teammate on trips we, you you would never know we were married on mm -hmm. on, the, on the trips um sometimes you never know we were married anyway but but, <laughs> <laughs> but um yeah that was that's where it came into it, effect that she understood and she was a football person and still is mm -hmm. uh, so that that never that never affected us but that was 
yeah it literally really was seven days a week and doing the odd coach education course slotted in and around that so time management uh, and that's you know yourself sometimes we oh, i didn't have time to do my projects or i didn't have time to get that session done you're thinking i'll oh, behave yourself yeah you know yeah. If, if you want it badly enough you will find mm. a way mm. and, and i do think there's i'm not going to say again everybody i don't think it would be fair to but there is a culture of you know you need to give it to to me rather than i'm going to earn it at times mm. and and if they don't get it oh there's always and, and again i know you've had it yourself and i certainly have even recently people are giving you kind of reasons that they haven't done something and you hear it time and time again you think it can't be the same thing mm. um but rather than, than than finding a solution it's always giving you a reason why not and yeah. similarly with players sometimes as well it's an ongoing thing it's a cliche but problem solving is key key to to being a good player it's key to being a good coach it's key for us to being good coach educators you mm. everyone gets problems everyone's yeah. got problems outside the game but i don't think people are honest enough now yeah yeah i think that that would be the key sentence for me be honest about your problems mm. you know, if they're there if you're honest about them then then we may be able to help but when you, you get these stories and you actually start to distrust people and disbelieve people you don't want to but it makes you feel that way and that that kind of makes me sad when i get to that stage because mm. uh, i think you know we always try and be open with people and, and be there for people but sometimes yeah you know, there's no question some people take liberties and yeah you, you kind of got to try your best to recognize that and I, I don't i do you know that's when i start to get a little bit stronger and a little bit more mm. demanding of people mm -hmm. um and, and i kind of get to a cutoff point then well if it's not sorted by then 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 i don't call me again yeah although they still bloody will and i'll still try and help but, yeah 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 uh, that, that, that's the thing for me is that element of all those things that you've mentioned you know those challenges those roles they shape who you become and it comes back to those values and beliefs that your mum instilled in you and mm. you know rubbed up off of you where you go well actually are these people missing out on these opportunities to shape their character um, a little bit richer and you think you know by trying to negate it or find an excuse rather than to find a solution like you said you're you're shortchanging yourself a little bit in mm. relation to you know what what could i potentially become where do i want to be because if they have these aspirations to be in these elite roles and you've been there with estonia you know what it needs to be an international manager and you think you're you're trying to give them a little bit of an insight into that with the stuff that you share you know you might not be explicit with it but you're definitely trying to shape it and you think why are you not taking that opportunity mm -hmm. what there's a gift here there's a gift that you begin why why do you not want to and i, I I'm, I'm still trying to get my head around why people don't sort of accept that and see you're genuinely trying to help and i think we all do as coach developers you know i would say i'm more of a coach developer than anything else I'm trying to just help you become the best that you can as a person. Why do you not want to take that on board? So I, I think that's a barrier, a barrier that I've faced even applying for roles. Yeah. Certainly within in club football, um, even at academy level and even in the women's professional game. You know, my CV is quite extensive. If mm -hmm. I send the whole brochure, it's like 10 pages. Um, I've reduced it now into three three mm -hmm. highlight areas of my career that's based on um 
oh, recommendations from the LMA. Yeah. But I, I think when people look at my CV, they automatically think I'm going to come in and I'm going to start to criticize them. I'm going to start to mm -hmm. try and be over the top of them or and I'm going to want like six figure salaries um, just based on my CV alone. Mm. And no matter what I say or do, um, they're not going to change that just based on my CV. So, you know, do I water down my CV so much and say, well, actually, I'm crap and, and I, I, I want to come in and just you know, do whatever you tell me to do mm. and take it from there. Um, and I, I, have, I have no doubt that that's happened in a lot of the roles I've applied for. Um, now there's different reasons, you know, in the women's game, without a doubt now there's this massive edge towards female coaches, which I understand. Mm -hmm. I've helped develop an awful lot of those female coaches yeah. who are now getting better roles than than, than I, I have. Um, mm -hmm. But again, the ones that I've been part of their journeys, I can only see that as another success story. So, you know, and I'm in touch with a lot of them and I'm always like, I'm here if you need me for advice and uh, congratulating on any success that they have. But I, I do think there is a little bit of... Uh, you know am i there is a little bit of entitlement there's mm. a little bit of entitlement uh in a lot of a lot of people and again you, that... you're seeing it you're seeing it all over twitter now people that haven't mm. got on courses some yeah. of the comments you know who needs the badge why do you need the why why this why that sorry that's my chihuahua <laughs> New, but is that new, do you think not the ch uh, chihuahua obviously but do you think that's <laughs> indicative of life now or is that specific just to the i suppose the football i, I do no i think well i don't know if it's everywhere because i i again I, I can tell you quite confidently when i was out in australia last month for over three weeks i felt an entirely different culture hmm. so again a, a very diverse nation sydney brisbane i was in sydney in particular yeah massive diversity in the community but there wasn't if you walk around certain streets in london now you you can walk around feeling on edge and mm. uh, and almost nervous there was none of that mm. in, in australia there was no feeling of that um you know everybody everybody warm friendly just getting on with life there was no kind of looking over your shoulder um, thinking, oh, that, that character looks a bit dodgy, and uh, there's no no stereotyping, no nothing. It, it, it was different. Mm. So I don't know if it's it's, it's indicative of, of certain areas or certain you know certain countries. I don't know. Um, but if you're going you back in the, time, you know, different. Did you have a busman's when you were over there, Keith? Because I went over in 2018, 19, and I met Kelly Cross, and we had Kelly on. I don't know if you know Kelly. He's the academy uh, director at Sydney FC. Um, and I, I went and watched um, just what they did. Did you manage to have a little look at any coaching? Well, no, ironically, I, I met a guy that's in, involved with a club called Appia. Mm -hmm. um, he tapped me on the shoulder when we were watching Australia against uh, France before England played Colombia. And he said, I know you. And he'd actually seen me on on social. or he, I think he'd seen my books yeah. and uh, started talking to him. And he invited me to one of the games, but I just didn't have time. Right. Um, it, it was kind of when when one of the other events was going on. Mm. I never got to go in, in and take a look. But I was out in Melbourne about 10 years ago for three months working in a European soccer academy. I did I did get an insight mm. there at that time, which, again, was different. 
Um, but yeah, I mean, in football terms, they're, they're, they're evidently they're still a fair way behind mm. um, at their highest level. And I think there's certainly room for development there. And, and he did say, would you come over to Sydney? And I, I said, well, yeah, for the right offer. Yeah. And, and you know, that's that's a place that Pauline would go to. Mm. You'd take a career break and she would. There's other countries have offered me roles recently where she straight away has said no. Right, yeah. And, uh, you know, at this stage in my career and my life, I do as I'm told. <laughs> happy wife, happy life. Yeah, yeah. Because I think um, Australia is that that sort because yeah. I think you touched on sportsmanship and, you know, is mm. that they've still got that very much at the core of what they do. Win, lose or draw. Yeah, I mean, we could talk about ball tampering for cricket years ago, but mm -hmm. win, lose, or draw. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They're very much, they're very much, we play in the spirit of the game. The spirit yeah. of the game is still at the core of what we do. And, you know, that's what I've always admired. Even when I played uh, recreational football in London with Aussies, competitive, fully, but when you came off the field, you know, it was a drink at the bar. It was, hey, that yeah. was brilliant. Yeah. Really love what you did. And I, that's, for me, what the essence of sport is. That's why we play. It's almost in line, it's almost in line with the rugby culture, isn't it? Yeah. yeah. You know, the Australian rules and rugby, that's that's their, their bigger sports. Mm. That's filtered down into their soccer. Yeah. Whereas English rugby hasn't filtered down into soccer. No. Yeah. Is that drill? Can you hear that drill now? No. No, 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 it's you fine. Can't hear it. He's drilling into the wall now. If you hear it, tell me and I'll move rooms. No, no, it's good. Man, that's I fine. Because yeah. I did a session when I was out there up in Brisbane because I went and stayed with my friends in Brisbane. And the grassroots coach is there. It was a local club. Uh, and Because they're a lot more um, open to the CPD and they're, they're willing to pay. And they're like, you know, come on, we'll, 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 we'll give you some cash. And I said, I don't want no cash. That's fine. I just want to share ideas and, you know, put a session on for you guys. And they gave me a card to say thank you with like a hundred bucks in to say, go and get yourself a drink. And you just think the appreciation there of what you do um, is just really, really nice because they, they, they take on board. You, you just want to try and share some stuff with them. You know, at the moment back here, I'm having to volunteer at a local club just to keep the tool sharp, you know, because other people don't really want to pay you. They don't want to come in. And that's fair enough. But we're only doing two courses a year. Um, you know, and you think, well, how do I keep the tool sharp? How do I, I make sure I'm out on the grass supporting people? And I'm just baffled by it. So uh, do you think there's a lack of appreciation sometimes? Do people not recognise, you know, if they were to compare themselves with an India or another country in the world that's trying to develop, do people now think, well, actually, they take us for granted because it's there and, you know, they, they get such a good offer. They don't really see the value in it. Or what do you think? Let, let me, I'll answer that. In a minute. I'm going to move rooms, guys, because I, I can't hear you. All right, okay. No no problem. No You're now in the lounge. <laughs> That's all right. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I mean, I'm like you, Simon. I'll, I'll still go and do sessions for free. Yeah. You know, for, for sure, if people ask me, I'll go and do them for free. And and you don't expect anything. And, and I think it's because you enjoy coaching. Mm. But some people will say, oh, do you want a drink? Or, you know, they'll buy you a bottle of wine. or uh, And, and that, that's kind of enough. And when, when we run the Surrey coaching events, we always give uh, some petrol money and, and a drink, a bottle of wine. And mm. some of, even we had Gary Monk recently and, and Ray Lou. 
Ray Lewington, and they both didn't want to take it. Yeah. And you say, it's just a thank you. We're not paying you. It's just a thank mm. you. And I think for any of us that are, I'd say call real coaches, we haven't ever done it for the money. Mm. You know, the money, the money's the the icing on the cake. You know, if you if you can earn good money at it doing what you love, then then you know that's the be all and end all. Um, but it would never stop me coaching if I wasn't earning money. It, it would never stop me. Mm. And I'm already talking to, to, to somebody else that we both know, but it, he said he deliberately changes teams every year. And he does a grassroots team every year deliberately to keep himself sharp. Right. Because you've got that challenge. Mm. And that's kind of what Mill's doing for me right now. Mm-hmm. It's, you know, levels, that level. And, and last year when I did the local team as well, well in United's winning side. They've really challenged me in the last two years because they've challenged everything I know from an elite level where I, I, my mindset is I want them to to be that level and that good and not just on the field but in the way they conduct themselves and the way they prepare. And I've given them all of those resources to be able to do that, but some of them still can't do it. Hmm. Um, you know, cut a long story short, the last two weeks, we're in season. I've still got players going away on holiday. Right. And, you know, last week, two players that hadn't been regulars in the side gave them both uh, a start last week. Mm -hmm. Both played well. After the game, I won't be here next week. I'm going on holiday again. So I've dropped players to put them in. They haven't told me until after the game that they're not going to be available this week. So now I've got to juggle it now and try and make the other players that I've left out the week before, you know, oh, you're playing this week. But they'll go, yeah, but only because they've gone away. Um, so the, the position they're putting me in, that, that mm. that's where managing becomes really difficult. And, and certainly in the female game where you're managing emotions even more so. So, yeah, that, that's been a tough one uh, this week. Um, so, yeah, uh, that's all part of the, the joy. <laughs> yeah, because I suppose my point is, do they recognise what there for them this is it's yeah. almost like they don't recognize actually i've got a great opportunity to tap into a wealth of knowledge here um am i maximizing that opportunity so you know when you were saying earlier you would maximize playing opportunities you'd go the length and breadth of the country to experience different things and you just think ah oh, is that willingness there to invest in yourself and go i'm gonna magpie because we're all magpies we know that from as much as people as, as possible to give myself that rich experience. And I just think they don't seem to want to take full advantage of what's on offer in front of them. And it's, 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 it's a bit baffling to me sometimes. I don't know if you feel that as well. No, I, I agree. I think they're happy for you to send, send all the resources, mm. book session plans, but they don't realize that those are just templates. Yeah. You know, the real crux of coaching is, is doing it or seeing somebody do it and understanding the way it's done or the way they do it. And then you can compare that with the way you work. Mm -hmm. We all know you can get a ton of stuff off of social media, YouTube, wherever you want to get it now. Uh, and unfortunately, there are a lot of coaches that rely on that. And you know when you go around and you're doing visits, you might be watching your student and you can look across to the next pitch and you see something on there that's you know has come out of a book and has been done completely wrongly. Mm. Um, and the coach is obviously just doing it, doing it from the book, not actually coaching. Um, hence, these guys say you don't need badges. I think 
people don't understand the context of what what other things you learn on on the badges yeah. you think oh you've got to go there and get this badge to get to get this but no it's what you learn and again almost missing out on the fact of the networking element you know you're spending a year six years now communicating with people you would never have met you're meeting fellow coaches on a similar journey you're, you're going to make friends probably for life on that course that you would never have met mm -hmm. um, including us as tutors so it's not just about getting the badge it, it's the other things the add-ons and the other strengths around it but you're right people again I'm, i don't know the percentage wise but there's certainly some people that do appreciate but there's a lot that actually don't and they will take mm. as much as they can and then you won't see them again it's yeah. it's you won't hear from them again you won't see them again and then they'll pop up in years later and they'll be starting their own coaching company using all the resources that you gave them and, and selling all the ideas you did as a certain gentleman did with with his books using all the sessions that he got off me but um <laughs> naming no names yeah uh, uh but Again, that's the magpie. So you don't mind mm. that. Mm. And I've always maintained it. I don't care what you take from me. Call it stealing. Call it borrowing. Call it what you like. But the one thing I've always done, if I watch you do a session, I like that. If I mm. decide to re-design uh, that or, or produce it on a plan, yeah, and I've done it, I have done it many times, I will put originally seen mm. by. Yeah. So Frankie O'Brien did something for Surrey Coaches recently on uh, spatial awareness, um, and I loved it. And I redesigned it on one of the softwares, and I put at the bottom, "This was a session seen by, like, done by Frank O'Brien." Blah 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 blah. Yeah, that that doesn't take anything just to acknowledge it's somebody else's idea, and then mm -hmm. this is your version of it. You know, so the plagiarism and and that and making out it's yours. The funniest one for me has always been the tic tac toe game. Right. Because I brought that back to England. Mm. You know, I saw it first year in Estonia in 2009. I went on a UEFA visit to Denmark. And I saw a club called Allberg doing it with their under 18s. Yeah. They'd, they'd invented it. And straight away, band came back, did it, did it with Dave Clark, soccer coach weekly. Mm -hmm. Then it was all over everywhere youtube everywhere was doing it oh look at this great idea blah blah no one said oh actually keith showed me this yeah and i said well actually i saw it in denmark mm. but it's funny how people do that um but acknowledgement is, is the thing just acknowledge uh where you got it uh, and give that credit where credit's due yeah speaking of uh obviously that book that's got all your ideas in it when are you um do you think you're going to go back to your book that you said you were writing before because the amount that's of almost, stories you've got yeah that, that's almost an, uh, an autobiography uh, or a biography whichever way you want to call it i yeah. think i probably need to enlist the help of somebody to get that finished right yeah because the 25 chapters of me writing x amount of pages saying that's chapter one Mm -hmm. I'm going to need somebody to proofread it and 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 to get the rest of it in. I'm probably going to need help, and those kind of people cost money. Yeah, yeah. Um, and also to know how to finish it, mm. and and what to slot in there. And I've done it all from memory. Funny enough, when a, a guy at Charlton that again that's now passed away, an old guy um, used to support the club. He he saw 
that I was writing it because I'd put somewhere that I'd started to write and he started sending me all the stats from the games. So I don't want those, Alan. I wanted it to be from memory. So some of the yeah. stories are probably wrong. Right. But they're my memories. Yeah. Yeah. You know, um, like the, the, the Kenny Bremner story, that's in there. Mm. And there's another one we were driving home from on a coach from Doncaster uh, on an old Kings Ferry coach um, with my team. I, I always sat at the front behind the driver. And lorries kept on coming down both sides of us on the motorway and in front. And the driver was getting really nervous. He said, I don't know what's going on. I'm looking around, can't see anything. Mm. Well, it turns out all my players were uh, making certain gestures out of the windows to the lorry drivers and showing intimate parts yeah, of their yeah. bodies. <laughs> and uh, they were all yeah. on the old CB saying, get around this bus. <laughs> believe me, most of those girls at that time weren't interested in those lorry drivers. They were just literally yeah. doing it to wind them up. And we were surrounded by articulated lorries and the bus driver, <laughs> what the hell was going on? And I didn't until we got home because obviously my missus was sitting at the back. She wasn't doing it, but she was sitting there with her hands on her knees, looking all innocent, trying not to laugh. Um, but yeah, those are the kind of things. See, with that rich, that rich um, experience in history, you must have a proudest moment, a time where you, yeah. you, you reflect on and you go, you know what? I'm so proud of that because if you could pinpoint a time, is there one that springs to mind? The early one would be finally winning the FA Cup on the third attempt because we were there three finals in a row and we'd lost to Arsenal and Fulham. And we got there for the third time. It was at the bowling ground at West Ham, Copia uh, West Ham nutcase. Um, and finally for me was repaying all the faith that, the people at the club that had brought me in and the, the players had given me um, winning that was, was, uh, it was just like a release mm. of pain. Um, but my proudest, proudest moment would be Estonia. When I got to the last year there and knew that I had to come home mm. and we discussed the termination of my contract. Um, the, the reaction to that from the people in Estonia was, again, reduced me to tears. Um, and they awarded me with something called the Estonian Gold Star. Uh, and I've got that upstairs. Um, mm. And it's only given to, to people that achieve the highest things in the, in the country. Yeah. Uh, and it was for, for everything I'd done for the game, developing the game and, and their coach education program as well. So... I really escalated their coach education program. Um, players, coaches alike were all integral in, in me achieving that. And they gave me a presentation, an annual presentation. I, I didn't know I was getting it. And uh, yeah, it was almost getting like getting the Ballon d'Or. Um, mm. Just them recognising everything I'd done in the country for that that extended period. And, and sad that I'd, I'd finally had to leave. It did, without a doubt, become a second home. And and I, I'm still in touch with so many people there there that, that you know became really close. Um, but yeah, that that would be the pinnacle because it, it is a really only people like you know their highest level um, people. One Mark Poon was a previous winner. Yeah. Um, uh, so for a, for a, a non-Estonian national to get it, mm. very very rare, very very rare. Let's say there can't be many. No, that's an incredible honour.
Um, so, yeah, but outside of football, proudest moment, seeing my kids born. That's a simple answer. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, we, yeah, we, yeah. We, we take that but, as a given. But, 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 yeah. but football, football terms without, without, that, without that, yeah. I mean, yeah. Yeah. Uh, there, there are others, but mm. you know, when I, when I, like I said, when I see, um, and I'm sure I will see it, when I see Casey Stoney become England manager, that will be another proud moment. Because I, I predicted it. I predicted her becoming an England captain. I predicted her become a captain of GB. And I predicted quite a way back that she will be England manager one day. And I'm still convinced that will happen. It may be she becomes US manager before that. Now she's based over there and, and they weren't too impressed with what happened to him in the World Cup. Um, but I'm pretty sure she'll, she'll be England manager one day, if she wants to be. And I think yeah. that's the other side of it. But certainly very proud of her achievements in the game because... I was integral in keeping her on the England path in 2005 when she was ready to quit the national team. Mm. Now, my conversations with her, I wouldn't, I wouldn't allow her to do it. And uh, obviously she went on to do so much and she's gone on in management. Obviously England assistant, Man United, now San Diego Wave out in the States and being very successful in what she's doing. Yeah. I, think, I suppose one of the other things we normally ask our guests is what they see, you know, their future like. Now you've done... So much in in uh, in the years you you've been on this planet is 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 one of the things is to put your feet up. I don't know. Like what's the <laughs> yeah, what's I, the I next? Gonna, step? I was going to give you a line from the Bee Gees song just then. Staying alive. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that that would be a key area for me. Uh, <laughs> um, yeah, my wife works very very hard in the job she's in now. She's a a, a DDO at Lewisham Police Station custody officer. So, you know, she, she's somebody, again, I'm really, really proud of. Mm. Um, and, and uh, yeah, not ashamed to say love so much. Uh, and, and my kids have grown up. Um, and, you know, I'm, I'm not ready to, to leave quite yet. And, and Kopi is adamant that when I do eventually leave this earth, it will be in the middle of a football pitch. Yeah. Uh, preferably grass and not astroturf. Um, <laughs> But I still get ambitions. I still, mm. I still, I still harbour ambitions. Uh, I still believe I could coach at the, at the top level, men's or women's game, or national, because um, that experience doesn't go away. It's not like I haven't kept kept in in touch with everything mm. constantly. Um, you know, there's no fear factor in me. Oh, could you go and coach there? Could you go and coach there? I'd say yes, as long as it fitted my my uh needs in life at that time and it fitted with my family mm. i wouldn't be daunted by any any role at any level of the game i honestly wouldn't um because again i look at some people even in higher roles and you, you hear interviews and you listen and you think you know i could do that it's not yeah, the catherine yeah. tate episode i can do that and you get all the accents wrong or the uh, <laughs> but um <laughs> you know it's just I think you reach a stage in your experience where, where you shouldn't be nervous or daunted. Mm. I, I get more nervous, I suppose, if there is nerves, of having to go and do for, the, for a different reason. So if I've got to go and do some of the way that the interviews are done now mm. um, and you're facing questions that you've answered a thousand times, which happens to me a lot, and you're being interviewed by people that you probably taught, which has happened to me numerous times, 
you get a different type of nervousness yeah and and you you don't want to you don't want to be in uh imposing yourself saying well you should know um but rightly or wrongly i, I get slightly insulted when i've got to go to some of the interviews mm -hmm. i know there's a process i know there's due diligence i know they have to go through these processes um but the one thing i would say um whatever level the the mill job is obviously a, a, somebody i previously worked with asked me to come in because they recognized my worth mm -hmm. and the same thing happened at watford back in the day i wanted people knew me knew my worth knew my credentials and asked me to come in because they knew that i could do a job for them and that that's the stage i believe i'm at so if people don't recognize that and make me go through that and and having to go and do a session on the pitch which again doesn't bother me but why do you need me to show you a training session yeah um that it, it kind of mystifies me but mm -hmm. a lot of it is just ticking boxes mm -hmm. yeah it, it's literally tick box exercises now we have to interview 10 people even though we're going to give you the job yeah or we have to interview 10 people and we're going to interview you knowing we're not going to give you the job yeah i think yeah. that's the right. other frustration because i know when i went for one of the england roles they'd already earmarked somebody and i had to go through a five-hour interview process probably mm. with no chance of getting the job mm. um, and yeah. those things really are they they because you travel to get there you it's cost money to get to there to do the knowing you've got no chance of getting it but you put yourself through that some stupid reason thinking well maybe they'll change their mind yeah uh, but knowing they're not mm. uh, so it's, I think, it's disrespectful in a way, isn't it? Yeah, I isn't think that it? whole process has to be looked at and the recognition, you know, did did Roy Hodgson have to go for an interview to get the Palace role when he went back there? Mm. You know, did he have to go and have a, a, a full-on interview when he was given the England role? Yeah. Did he? You know, maybe he did, but I'd like to have seen that and how that yeah. was run. Mm. Um, knowing what I went through was quite traumatic on one of the interviews I five different uh interviews in one day it was five different one was a scenario one was an hour presentation on values and philosophies the next one was on match analysis the next one was on planning a tournament the next one was on something else so all in one day i had to do five different rooms with five different sets of people yeah. that was traumatic it was like yeah. wow and at the end of it i'm not even going to get the job yeah yeah, you know, it was mentally draining, and you had to put your hand up if you wanted to go to the toilet. So you you never bumped into one of the other interviews. He was happening to in another room, and you know they asked for your opinion on it, and I let them know. And they kind of th I don't think they've done it that way since. But yeah. Uh, yeah, it was it was weird. It was a weird experience. You know, and some people ask me now, should I apply? Should I apply? And my answer is, you know, if you really believe there's an opportunity, go for it if you want to go through the process to give yourself that experience hmm. that might bear you well the next time you apply then go for it mm -hmm. even if it's a written application go through the written application process so you you start to get practice at doing that and then the next time you do it you might get that that opportunity that you're seeking but don't yeah. expect to go in cold and suddenly do uh, or come to one of us and say can you help me do my application Mm. which obviously we would but you need to know how to do it yourself so yeah now in, you, you've touched on um values and beliefs throughout now if you were to give us a, an insight to what shapes your values and beliefs you've touched on your mum and how she influenced mm. 
what would you say they are that you you go that's what i hang my hat on you know in football terms um life football terms whatever yeah. you want to share with us it's, it's completely down to you <laughs> sound like braveheart freedom yeah <laughs> 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 yeah I, I again mixing it freedom freedom for people to express themselves um again in in football terms quickly i you know I, again my dad was a man united fan and i was brought up on the trilogy on best law and charlton and george best is without a doubt my idol mm -hmm. without a doubt and, and again I'll, I'll argue with anybody on the comparisons between him and the ronaldo's and the messi's and anybody else uh on on muddy boggy pitches with a, a heavier ball when defenders were allowed to break you in half without getting carded yeah um wearing no shin pads uh, so, you know, players that, for me, players, you know, prepared to make mistakes, not scared to make mistakes, prepared to take risks, uh, as you do, and you have to be in life, because if you don't take risks, you're never going to find out. Mm -hmm. So I think just, for me, it, it's, again, it's always being honest and open. Uh, and again, yeah, I'm not going to say I've never made mistakes, and, and um, I think we've all been guilty of, if anybody's ever ever said they've never told a lie, then I'd call mm. them a liar. But I think in the main, be to as totally honest as you can with people. Mm. Yeah. Um, so that open honesty and, and, you know, even if you don't want to listen to people, and there's obviously times when I'm tired and, and I have it a barrier. Uh, and again, this is something that, that Pauline would always complain a bit. Why are you taking that call? Why are you answering that message? Mm. Yeah. It's a real pet hate of mine when people don't. Mm. So yeah. if I don't, then I'm becoming them. Yeah, the ghosting so culture. I always try to answer an email, a message, a phone call as quickly as I can. Mm. Um, even if it's, I'll get back to you in a, in, a, in a day or two. I don't ever ignore anything. So for me, I just think it's it's staying, being that people person, being that go to um and always hoping that there's someone there that that i can go to mm. and, uh, and there are uh, there are a few i do believe your closest friends you can count there mm -hmm. if you're lucky your closest friends and family and friends are, are two different aspects mm. um but football friends um i've got hundreds of those and i wouldn't say you know, they're false. I think I've got genuine friends in the game. Um, and then fair weather friends who are only your friends when they, when they need you. Mm -hmm. um, or thousands of them. And then there's the ones that disappear in the distance. That the, the, They're the ones you have regrets about. Um, but, yeah, it, it, going forward, I think for me, coaching players is, you know, I, I never want somebody to be scared to make a mistake because they happen mm. and i do use that again that cliche you know you can make a mistake but if you make the same mistake twice that's now a choice yeah it's a choice in in the same game or the same moment in time that's not to say you're going to make not make it again in a couple of weeks time or months time but i think within a short space of time you shouldn't make the same mistake twice whether that's a time scale week or in a game, for instance, because um, you're not learning from your mistakes. But 
never be scared to make them and, and we are human we all have faults and, and it's always just retaining that in my mind um, but also practice what you preach yeah very important yeah which isn't always easy to do because again we all lose our nut now and again but um <laughs> You know, in the main, try and practice what you preach. And that's what I try and do. Yeah. I think that's good advice for anyone, isn't it, really? I One thing that I know people listening to this will want to know or want us to ask is they may not have come across you before, Keith. So how can they find out, you know, how can they keep in touch with you? Like, what? how can they follow you on social media? Um, you know, sell yourself, Keith. You got... Like, like, <laughs> Like I need more people contact. <laughs> no, no, more than welcome. Um, my, my Twitter name is at Tallinn Grizzly, which stemmed from Estonia. Mm. So I lived in Tallinn uh, and I had this kind of persona as when I'm happy, I was a teddy bear. And when I was ever angry, which was few and far between, I was a grizzly bear. So, uh, yeah, my wife chose that, uh, that handle, is it they call it? Yeah. Yeah. So, I'm at Talling Grizzly on Twitter, uh, Facebook. I'm on, on my own name, um, mm -hmm. and that's fine as well. I don't use. I am on Instagram, but I don't use it. I certainly don't yeah. use Snapchat. Um, but my my email is is keithbonus at hotmail dot com. That's absolutely fine to share that. I mean, think mm -hmm. you do. Brilliant. Yeah. Um, but yeah, you know, I'm on Wikipedia, which is completely messed up, and probably needs completely revamping. Um, but yeah. I think if you Google me, loads of stuff will come up on Google anyway. Yeah. And uh, and and the, th the the three little coaching manuals I did for kids, uh, they can still be purchased as hard copies from from the company Green Star. Um, but you can also the PDFs are Googleable as well. You can probably pick them up for free. Mm -hmm. Although the publishers won't like me telling you that if they hear this, <laughs> but um, <laughs> it's a fact of life. So yeah. If well, you you've shared it with so there. many people, you know. So, yeah, the hard yeah. copies are still available. I think they've still got some <laughs> at Green Star, although they did sell out one of the age groups. But yeah, you can you can access the PDFs, and I've got you know bits and pieces on on Amazon, but nothing major. I think mm. you know people have tried to get me to do websites, and and I think I dipped dipped into it, but I almost think websites are becoming a non-go-to because there's so many other aspects now. Yeah. Mm. Um, so, you know, finding that, but I think, yeah, I think that I, I've got other webinars and other, other presentations that I've done that are accessible on Google and YouTube as well. There's some mm. practical stuff on YouTube, you know, um, practical demonstration stuff as well, where I've worked with other, other people as well. I've worked with Sol Isaacson Hurst on, mm -hmm. on his, uh, website and, um, so there's a bit of that on me around as well. Mm -hmm. but, but yeah. Are the you on LinkedIn two, as well, Keith? You are. Yes, right? I'm on LinkedIn yeah. as well. I'm my own name. Yeah. 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 Sorry. Yeah. So yeah, we always um, always ask people as well, is there a quote or a phrase that you sort of align with your life? You know, something that, you know, you've touched on a few things throughout, but is there one that you would go, you know what, that, that's been with me through life or something I, you know, sticks true to me? Is there anything you use? Apart from mom, my mum's one in ten. Yeah. Um, I, I don't think there is. If I'm mm. honest, Simon, I mean, there's phrases I use. Obviously, there's lots of jargon phrases you use within 
within a football environment like you yeah. know, like Tower Bridge. But um <laughs> no, yeah. I kind of you know, there's a song that always resonates with me and it's uh, Dion the Wanderer. Right. <laughs> so when I hear that song, I kind of really align it to, to my life. Yeah. Um because yeah, you know, I've bounced around a little bit. Um and certainly again during that eight years in Estonia. I literally visited almost every single country in Europe, mm. every, every single country in Europe and Russia um, itself. Um, so no, no, I, I, I can't, there's nothing I can pinpoint. Honestly, yeah. I, I'd lie if I've made something up, it'd be stupid. But I think the one in ten one for me, mum's a pretty decent one anyway, yeah, isn't it? You know, because mm. I, I, you know, I, I was told similar um, by someone at the FA who was a good mentor. He would say there could be a room of five people, one will like you, one will definitely dislike you, the other three can go either way. So it's how do you try and get them to, you know, either come alongside or go the other way? And I think what has come across for me is you're in a very confident position about, you know who you are as a person yeah. and I, I think that can come across to people that you support as well because we need to get to that stage where we're going people's opinions of me don't define me as a person so yeah. some will have a great perception of me some won't as long as you're true to yourself like you've said i think that that's the the core of what you can do isn't it because that's all we can fundamentally do as a person if we try to be someone else we're going to fail because how can mm. i be someone else i can only be me yeah, I, mean, I did. I did post something on social quite a few years ago, and it came up on the memories recently. Where I'd, I'd got some criticism over something. Not it was from some somebody quite naive at the time, but mm. I put a quote: "No one's harder on me than me." Yeah. So yeah. take your judgment and shove it up your ass. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. Oh, there's one for you. Yeah. Well, well you know, that, that's a great one to finish with. I think. Yeah. yeah. Oh, he's gone. We've lost him. What happens um, at the end of these things? People just disappear. I don't know. Everyone just goes, don't they? That was, uh, that's a brilliant podcast. I'd say we've gone from, we've covered everything. Like there's been yeah. football. We've even took, hi, Keith. You're hey, right. Sorry, yeah. yeah we lost you. I shoved, yeah. I shoved it up your ass. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. And we thought, oh, that's a nice way to win. Oh, yeah, Google yeah. have cut you, you off. Yeah. That. Yeah. Yeah. So, but no. Yeah. It's, um, it's it's an ongoing it's an ongoing thing um but i i i'm just i'm just looking really at how my journey is going to end um but i i don't know what what that is mm. i don't know what that is um even even seeing my wife now and she should be coaching yeah you know she's an excellent coach a natural coach um, but she's working in a police station in Lewisham. Now, a job to be proud of. Mm. Yeah. And something she does quite naturally because she's quite a strong character, um, an aggressive nature, not violent, but she's strong enough to deal with some of those horrific situations. And she brings life back to me as a constant reminder that I'm actually really lucky. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and so when when I am feeling a bit, deflated or feeling sorry for yourself and, and again i think if anybody's never felt sorry for themselves again 
it's a little white lie. Yeah. Mm. Um, she she gives me a kick up the backside and said, "This is what I've been part of today. This is what I've dealt with today." Yeah. And you think, well, hang on, life's not yeah. so bad here. Yeah. And uh, yeah, I just like I said, I've got I've got dreams that haven't happened, um, but I'm proud of myself for going back to take risks. I took massive risks. You know, even 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 going into the pub in London was a risk. Mm, yeah. Um, something I'd never done. Didn't know anything about the area of London. Going to Estonia, absolutely didn't even know where the country was until I visited it. Didn't know what to expect. And then to go to that small nation, finding out about its fight for independence with the other Baltic nations. You know, still intimidated by Russia. Um, 25% Russian population, met Russian people, no problem. Went to Russia, no problems. And, and again, when you're stuck in one room, like we are right now, mm. you don't realise how big the world is. And I've had that luxury, a massive experience. And I'm really thankful for the fact that I went way outside. Yeah. You know, and traveling on vacation is one thing, but going out to see how people work. And Serbia, I remember doing the um, opening ceremony and walking up the street and the fences were screened off and there was fingers coming through the bars begging for money. Mm. Shenzhen in China apparently cleared out a whole town of people because they were so poor and they didn't want us to see them. Yeah just what I was told. Um, Kazan in Russia, you know, some people scared to talk to you, mm. but, but the ones that do very, very open um, in tournaments, see a North Korean team that weren't allowed. There's like 16 teams there from all over the world and there's social occasions and the North Korean team not allowed to socialize, literally marching to dinner like an army unit marched back straight in their rooms not allowed to socialize mm. different cultures yeah different yeah. things we played the japanese team the year they had the big uh, earthquake i think it was people were dying and they their youth team was at the tournament with us and lighting candles for them and sharing their prayers experiences i would never have had mm. yeah. so like i said there's so many my, my head could explode if I if I could recall every single one. Yeah. Some some shocking, some really hitting home to how fortunate we are. And like I said, when you're moaning about, you know, little things here, paying a bill or mm. you know, the prices are going up in the shops. Some people some people are far, far worse off. And it's always the way to kind of re recharge yourself. How how hard up how hard is it? How how tough is it? Comparisons. Yeah. There's always somebody better off. And mm. you're always going to be jealous of people you think maybe didn't deserve it. But everyone's got there somehow. Mm. Yeah. Everyone's had their own fights, their own journeys. It's not, you know, where you're you're from, what you do isn't always decided by you. Mm. You know, from the kickoff, what you do in later life might be yours, but you know, growing up and, and getting it sometimes not decided by you. Yeah. There's loads of different outcomes. 
and it's, it's choices as well isn't it you know uh, and skill sets because I, I reflect back on things that i could have done better and you say yeah i needed to be better at that and when yeah. i try to educate my son i say look these are the things you need to really focus on and it links back to what you said about those people skills that ability to connect because sometimes i could have done that so much better but i was more focused on other stuff and you think actually you need to get that balance right and i think hearing from yourself around connection making sure that caring is at the core of what you do and um, you know allowing people to express themselves with freedom because thinking of that uh, north korean team marching yeah. in marching out where's their freedom of expression are they going to be able to take that onto a pitch probably not they're going to have that very rigid um oh, no. No, style. Uh, we played against them and and they, they beat us purely and simply because they were powerful and mm. um and very regimented mm. but you're playing them in a one-off game yeah. I, i've always kind of my work in in that level would always been if i lose that game if i played them again it, i'm certainly not going to lose that game that way yeah yeah you might still lose mm. Um, and that happened to me early on when we played Iceland and France in World Cup qualifiers, got absolutely battered. But then the next time I played, I managed to halve the de de uh, deficit. Yeah. Success. Teams that from a lower level that, that were still above us in the rankings beat us. But the next time we played them, we beat them. Yeah. Um, because you've got that experience and you learn from that experience. And you adapt. They still think they can do it the same way because they did that to you then. Mm. But you adapt. And yeah. that's kind of what you know I'm, I'm jumping a little bit here, what i saw in the world cup final in, in australia yeah you know for all the stuff that's happened afterwards the spanish coach obviously he's done his homework on the way that serena was going to set up england mm. yeah and it was visible from the stand within 15 minutes that they were killing us down the flanks mm -hmm. um, because of the three at the back and and the situation he'd he'd obviously hammered that and worked on it um but the changes weren't made until the second yeah. half. Yeah. Uh, and there was a touch of irony as well, as she brought on Chloe Kelly, who's probably one of the better crosses of the ball, but then substituted Russo and Daly, who the two best headers of the ball. Mm. So, you know, I'm sitting up going, Serena, no, that, that you need to keep one of them on. Yeah. Um, but that's just me being a coach from the stands. And Kobe was moaning at people saying, he hasn't even watched the games. He's just kept analysing it. <laughs> and he's coaching from the seat next to me. Yeah. You can't help it. But she got it spot on throughout that. She's a, an amazing coach and you can't, can't but you know, even her, you think she's a perfect example, but she got it wrong in the final. And I think she'd own up to that. And, you know, you see all the criticism that Southgate's getting now, but he's got it right there. He's maybe not got it right, but that's coaching. Mm, yeah. You know, I felt like that in, in the two massively lower level games the last two weeks. Yeah. You know, something i've got wrong and, and it might not be but you mm. as, as the coach or the manager the decision maker you're always going to be and looking at you and if you don't then you're an idiot um but yeah it's it, it never stops it never stops i think and that's why again when we're, we're as coach educators always harping on about the self-reflection mm. you know even if it is just you giving yourself a little chat on a voicemail or talking to yourself in the car if you're not doing that, then you're in the wrong job. Because mm, mm. really I think that's the difference job. with the people who are the long-termers, football in their blood. Mm -hmm. it, it's lived and breathed. 
it yeah, hurts. And, and those pain, people at the time, you know? there's you joy, know, they, but there's pain. There's definitely the, pain. And the I, and motivation pain. and desire, yeah. that, and the reserves of that to keep going and keep going and keep going. Yeah. I think that is that you know that what sets people aside, like yourself, because regardless of what happens, you will still turn up the next time, yeah, and yeah. you will you know go again. And I, I think, like I said, uh, I was taught the day before we came out. I said this is the big thing that I've taken from Keith is he's there for people. He goes the extra mile. I've not met someone who does that um, within my career, and uh, you you do turn up. You know, you do turn up because um, you can see that all the time. You are there. You know, e even when I think of English colleges, you, you will go there and you do. I, I just see all these things that you're still connected to. And I, I do. I think, how's he got the bloody time? How's he got yeah. the bloody time to do it? But now listening to the podcast, it's just something that's been throughout your yeah. life by the sound of it. It's just that's yeah. what yeah. you've always done. You, you know, time is not really something that is punching the clock. It is. No, I've no. got a week. I'll fill it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I've got no, a no. week. I'll fill it with. And that's why. That's why this this current period has been really tough for me. Because since I've been back from Australia, you know, I've had the Millwall sessions. Yeah. Um, but I, I've not got that daily job at the moment. Mm. So I'm my main job at the moment is walking the dog. <laughs> Isn't a bad thing. Two hours don't need that much walking. Yeah. Well, no, she, this one does. Oh, yeah. okay. And and she demands it, by the way. So yeah. um yeah, but she's she's a heartbreaker, mate. She's um we've only had her a year now, but she's been a, a revelation for me as a stress uh stress reliever. Yeah. Amazing. amazing. Yeah. But um yeah. yeah. There's obviously me and me and Cope who, you know, to a point we still live at times separate lives. So she does yeah. night shifts and day yeah. shifts and goes right back to almost when I was at the Beckham Academy where we were like ships passing ships. But um but again, we understand each other and mm. but she sits and watches me at times and and she was nearly in tears the other day when I was feeling feeling that low. Because she yeah. felt she couldn't do anything for me and she doesn't understand it. Mm. And and that but that actually can be more upsetting for me when people write to me and say I don't understand why you're not working there yeah. or you're not in frame for that job or you're not doing that job. Uh, you're a legend or you're this or you're that, you know, even a, a previous manager, a current manager who a club that I was helping out at, let me go on the words of an owner. I, mm. I dare not name the club in case they see it because I don't want to uh, embarrass them. Mm. But the owner told them to get rid of me because I spoke up against something. Yeah. So they got rid of me. Um, as that manager probably could have insisted that I stayed. Yeah. Had mm -hmm. previously played for me and I'd helped get their badges. Mm -hmm. um, but met me somewhere, not even at the club, and said, oh, I've got to let you go because they said so. So, yeah, but what do you want? Mm. Uh, yeah, but I need the job. Okay, just leave it at that. Then I, when I wrote the other day, got a message going, don't give up, keep going, you're a great guy. Yeah. So my answer was, well, I'm obviously not that great. <laughs> Is it, you know, again, 
opportunity maybe recently to, to ask me to go back. Yeah. So I knew a coach had left, but didn't contact me and said, oh, there's a spot here now. And that guy's gone, by the way. So I'd like you to come back. Mm. I see a new appointment, less experienced. Um, so that's kind of one of those stories that they really rankle with you. You know? Yeah. 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 Um, and, and again, not, ang not angry, but yeah, my wife gets angry. Yeah, angry yeah. and upset more than me. But she she's seen and knows what I've done for so many of these people. Yeah, but she actually becomes almost hating. Mm -hmm. And and if if <laughs> if she wasn't working for for the police, and and I said you are released to go and do what you feel like doing. I, I yeah. dread to think uh, even what she'd like to say on social media, but she, yeah. she won't do it, obviously. But, yeah, I have to rein her in. <laughs> well, there, there, there is that societal shift, isn't there? You know, yeah. um, you know, whether it's perceived or real, that almost white men of a certain demographic are now being marginalised for whatever reason. It's hard to work out why. They don't seem to get that opportunity that was probably previously there so is is there a, a, an element of that in a i don't think no, not in this know. case I, I honestly have to say obviously i work within in the, the bme community and 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 the one thing i have told you i mean i i've got a a brother called leroy who's from dominica that grew up with me um was was taken in by by my parents mm. so i've kind of grown up in 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 a in a very mixed uh, environment where we were both fighting against prejudices, but right. we stood back to back and fought those prejudices. For me now, I, I, it's, it's in the women's game. It's definitely more towards the female element. Right. Um, I don't envisage the, the competition between black and white in the men's game that I have never seen that as a problem. Mm. Um, and again, there's many black and Asian coaches that I've worked with that are very good coaches and, and have gone on to be good coaches and I'm still really close friends with. Yeah. And, and again, keep in touch with. Um, so I, for me now, I think there's, there's it's ageism kicking into it as well. Right, yeah. yeah. You know, I am 64. How, how many years do they think I've got in me? Should I just be... An, an, You'll you'll know Sacrifique because you, you do the mindset yourself. Does always a good friend of mine. He said, "Start setting your sights at consultancy roles, mm, mm. So rather than wanting to be that on the grass coach. Start applying for consultancy roles and things like that." I said, "Yeah, but yeah, I might be sixty-four, but in my head, I don't feel it. And yeah, 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 I love coaching, so you know that might be something for another five years down the line when when I'm on a Zimmer frame or something. I don't know, but." <laughs> um, Right now, I still love coaching. Yeah. You know, no, I can't run around. I can't demo, but I can still walk around the grass and I still want to be part of that feeling uh, mm. uh, and being along. And even if it's working alongside other coaches and guiding them as I'm doing it, that's easier to do on the grass than sitting having this kind of meeting with them or yeah. talking over yeah. the phone. Yeah, yeah. So I'm not ready for that yet. Um, but yeah, it, it was an idea uh, and it might be an option. And funny enough, I've recently, uh, and tomorrow I'm going to be speaking to somebody that want me to run 
quite a really leading grassroots club in the area. They might want me to run it, but they also want me to run their bars. It's come full circle. They're looking me to run the whole football side of things or oversee it. Yeah. And do CPD with them and stuff like that. It's a massive grassroots club. Mm. Um, but they also want, can I use my expertise? Because they've got somebody not too clever running their bar area and catering area. Could I could I add my expertise in that area? Mm. So I'm going to speak to them and just see what that entails and obviously what, what that might mean commitment-wise and whether it, it's something I'd like to do. But obviously, again, it's harping back on previous experience. Mm. So not to say I couldn't do it because I used to do it. Yeah. It just depends on the logistics and everything else around it. And whatever role I take, I'm quite insistent that I still want that freedom to be able to run courses if I if I get asked to. Yeah. Um, because that's been a passion of mine now for over over 30 years. And it's not something I want to stop doing. I, I, I enjoy it. Um, and I enjoy working with the people I work with, like, like yourself. And mm. I look forward to those. Um, and again, meeting new people and, and seeing where they come from. Uh, what they're looking for yeah and, uh, it's always diverse even observing on the a license tuesday i'm looking around at the different coaches there and there's a couple on there that i've helped get there as well and they were in a smaller group and again i can't name names but one of them actually having a row with one of the tutors in front of me doing a presentation and i had to call him over and say oh do that yeah um i was only there observing but i said oh you don't do that certainly not with him and like <laughs> And he's like, yeah, but yeah, but I was so frustrated because them other two wankers in my group <laughs> weren't doing any of the work and I was doing all the work and then he was having a go at me as if it was me and it was down to them. I said, why didn't you just tell him that? Yeah. Mm. Just yeah. tell him that. So go and have a chat with him later and explain to him why he was uptight. Mm. But don't take it out on him. Yeah. And, yeah. and I saw yeah. him do it. I saw him do it later on. Now, if I hadn't have been there, mm. that could have gone another way for him. Yeah. But because I was there, I was able to influence that. And hmm. um, so hopefully positively. Um, but yeah. yeah, time and place. Right? Yeah, yeah. And uh, that's just that ongoing support package that just sits with that informal approach as well, mm -hmm. uh, which is just invaluable for people in and around courses. And I think that's the thing when they go away, they reflect, they go, actually, that, that, that did me a real solid. That was a oh, real I think favor. You'll agree, and, I, and, and I'm, again, I'm seeing this negativity here and there on, on Twitter about FA courses, mainly because people can't be bothered to go on them or can't get on them. Mm. There's a bit of anger there, but the people that can't be bothered for whatever their reasons are, trying to belittle them and saying you don't need it. Now, you know, the guy at uh, Market Dawkins maybe doesn't need it. Mm. Um, he's been successful. He's proven he's a manager. Yeah. So he's a good man manager he's a good motivator yes he, he chucks a few expletives in there but he also treats his players well mm -hmm. so he's had success through being highly motivated um being that that type of person but he's not the only one there on a training night mm -hmm. he's got and i know he had i don't know who he's got right now with him he's got the likes of mark beard next to him, who's an a license so what's he doing? Just stand there letting the other Mark, the other Mark run the whole session? Of course he's not. Mark's having an influence. So he's yeah. got a highly qualified coach, experienced ex-pro, mm. helping him run those sessions or, or and run the team on, on a match day. So, yes, he's who he is. 
but there will be as somebody put there will be a point if he keeps going higher and higher his next step would be efl where they're supposed to have a badge and he's saying he's going to fight the efl where <laughs> you know players in the dressing room that he has to recruit are mm. going to say hang on a minute yeah that that's where your limit is yes. i think he'd recognize that i'm not criticizing this guy i think mm. people people are looking to do that as such but i hear where he's coming from that twitter one i've actually shared it on our tutor group that that moment in that conversation where he says they ask him have you got any badges he said can i swear on this yeah he mm. said yeah, yeah, yeah i've got fuck all yeah yeah and he said that level one he said that's like taking a dog across the road or something along those lines yeah yeah you know that that's the way he sees it and i don't like none of the people that assess it and i don't like this and i don't like that yeah um but he hasn't met all of us yeah <laughs> yeah yeah and he hasn't worked with all of us um but you know i've seen him in action and and you know his youtube thing is very entertaining but uh characters but he's a character for sure and he's brought mm. that up from grassroots to now on the verge of efl yeah so yeah how, how can you be critical mm. you know of the way he is maybe but persona was but his achievements speak for themselves no one can argue with that and he's funded a lot of it himself mm. through yeah. his, his career and his business so he's, he's almost he is slightly entitled to be the way he is and speak the way he does so, and good players as we know win your things you know exactly you, that and uh, you've got good players you, know, you can manage them and if they're ab above the level that the league they're more than likely you know if you look managing after them, like egos you yeah if you he's look managing after egos them. and and he's an expert at managing egos because he's got one himself yeah yeah he's got a massive <laughs> ego and and it works for him and if it works for him great you know yeah i think yeah it's I will have to have a look at this because I, I yeah, keep hearing yeah. about it. I, I saw it on BBC the other day as well that mm. he's got something on there. Uh, so the iPlayer, I might have a little dip. He's got into that that whole that channel. Like. It's that um, something amateur, I think it is. But that's a whole series. But yeah. this one is just done with that mob you mentioned earlier. Under uh, the cosh, yeah. Yeah, he's yeah. done it with them, and they're all yeah. sitting around in the bar, at talking, talking. But right. They don't stop laughing. Them three don't stop laughing. Yeah um yeah it, it, but that clip i've shared on on the uefa group yeah have a listen to that that's the bit where he's basically saying the badges aren't worth jack so, yeah and I and that's he, the beauty of football isn't it yeah. opinion yeah yeah <laughs> i think he's also showing off a bit in why do you need a badge i mean it's not a badge anymore is it that that's yeah. that is ancient history where it's a badge yeah. <laughs> The soul well, coca-cola badge yeah it, it, it's been a it's been amazing um uh, really amazing. getting an insight and i think we like i said we're scratching the bleeding surface here yeah you know if you've got 25 chapters we know that there's lots in there and there's also yeah. probably one which is a bit more uh racier you know there's some stories there you know yeah. so we're, we're just there to touch on them uh informally uh to just to get some we of those ones like, the names maybe yeah <laughs> Where we can, uh, you know, uh, get the, uh, the the likes of the the coach, where the the lorry drivers have had some benefit <laughs> as they're driving past. Uh, um, but yeah. Keith, it's been brilliant. I've got been to good, get yeah. myself ready because I, I am going to support a coach this evening, uh, local mm. to where I live, uh, and she's a female coach who's just about to start her UEFA C journey uh, with us on a course uh, next month. So just a bit of prep for that. So it's been it's brilliant. 
yeah yeah and it's great that you um you know even even with all the time you can still give your time up to, to yeah, share thank you. you know and uh, we do appreciate you giving up your time and just giving us some small insights into the things yeah. that you've done but some rich insights which you know we we've definitely found interesting i know people who listen will go actually i'd like to reach out to keith just to learn a bit more and see when he's releasing that book in the future yeah yeah, yeah. there'll be a lot of demand <laughs> there's any publishers that listen to it that are prepared yeah. to work for free and then take a share of the uh it could be made into a movie so <laughs> you'll have to go um ai ai will type <laughs> yeah. it up, you, know, you know well like i said if there's an expert listens and prepared to come and do it for free and then take the rewards at the end and get them yeah, royalty based that, that that's probably the the, the future yeah. of it so keith thanks very much for your yeah, time thanks. you're um, welcome and uh, we really look forward to, uh, you know, well, I, I look forward to seeing you soon on the course. But if they've got you one on, I don't yeah, think you're if, on point, don't you? Yeah. I think I've got a, a day Tottenham. or something where I'm covering Tottenham, something. Isn't it? <laughs> yeah. I'm not doing that one. Definitely not. No, that's ridiculous. All right, no. mate. Well, look, thanks very right. much for your time. And uh, we'll, we'll call it to an end there. You're welcome. Apologies thanks, for the drill you. and the chihuahua. I hope it didn't disrupt too much. But, um, no, no, no. It's all good. <laughs> that's Cookie, by the way, so... <laughs> Love from Cookie. And, uh, yeah. Thanks, Cookie. All right. Thanks, Cookie. All right, guys. Take care of yourselves. <laughs>